From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, the South Korean economy is forecast to grow less than 2% next year, bogged down by a slowdown in exports, high inflation, and dismal employment. Rival political parties bicker over special pardons set to be finalized by President Yoon Suk-yeol this week. And a Seoul court will rule on whether to arrest Yongsan District Office head Park Ki-yong over the deadly E21 crowd crush. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. The South Korean economy is projected to grow in the 1% range in 2023 due to a combination of factors ranging from a slowdown in exports, high inflation, and a grim outlook for employment. It will be only the fourth time that Asia's fourth-largest economy grows less than 2%. Richard Larkin reports. According to the government and the Bank of Korea on Monday, the real gross domestic product is forecast to expand in the 1% range next year. The government recently revised down its growth outlook to 1.6%, lower than the BOK's forecast of 1.7% and 1.8% projected by the state-run Korea Development Institute. There have been only three times when Korea posted under 2% growth, following the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, soon after the global financial crisis in 2009, and during the Asian financial crisis in 1998. The biggest contributing factor is a slowdown in exports, which are largely affected by global economic conditions. The OECD has forecast the global economy to expand 2.2% next year, the lowest since 1971, exempting years impacted by the global oil shock, the financial crisis, and the COVID-19 pandemic. Outbound shipments in October dropped 5.8% on-year, which further worsened with a 14% fall the following month. The government, meanwhile, forecasts that inflation will decline from this year's 5.1% to 3.5% next year, citing falling prices of raw materials and demand, a projection still above the BOK's target of 2%. If the nation's central bank maintains its key interest rate above 3%, that will likely stymie private spending that had been restored this year amid eased social distancing. The government has also given a grim outlook for the job market, with employers predicted to add around 100,000 workers next year, precipitously lower than this year's expected 800,000. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. Amid continued rate hikes, an average mortgage borrower in the nation spends about 60% of their income paying off the principal and interest, new data shows. According to the Bank of Korea's household debt database on Monday, the average debt service ratio for mortgage borrowers stood at 60.6% in the third quarter, topping 60% for the first time in three and a half years. DSR measures how much a borrower has to pay in principal and interest payments in proportion to their yearly income. The average DSR figure for those taking out both mortgage and credit loans exceeded 70% as of late October, the BOK data showed, indicating mounting financial pressure on many households due to growing borrowing costs. The government has announced a restructuring plan for the public sector that will affect more than 12,000 employees. The Finance Ministry approved the plan on Monday during a session of the Public Institution Steering Committee, led by Second Vice Minister Che Song Dae. Out of 449,000 workers, 12,442, or 2.8%, will be subject to the first restructuring in 14 years. The first phase next year will eliminate 11,081 positions, followed by 738 in 2024 and 623 in 2025. 
the government expects to save 760 billion won annually in personnel expenses. After cutting 17,230 positions by adjusting duties and enhancing organizational efficiency, the government plans to reassign 4,788 workers to areas overseeing state task implementation and public safety. Tensions have heightened between the rival political parties over the Justice Ministry's list of candidates for year-end special pardons set to be finalized by President Yoon Suk-yeol this week. Former President Im Myung-bak, whose 17-year prison sentence for corruption was suspended due to health reasons, made the ministry review panel's list on Friday. Former South Gyeongsang Province Governor Kim Gyeong-soo, a close aide to former President Moon Jae-in, was included without consideration for reinstatement, disqualifying him from running for office until 2028. The ex-governor, serving a two-year sentence for opinion-rigging charges, has said that he does not want to be released simply to balance out Yoon's possible pardon of former President Yi. While the main opposition Democratic Party on Monday called for a withdrawal of pardons that are unfair and impede public unity, the ruling People Power Party said the opposition's call to grant the ex-governor reinstatement is absurd. President Yoon is expected to finalize the pardons during Tuesday's cabinet meeting before they are enacted the following day. The rival political parties were set to gather Monday to discuss possible extensions of several major ad hoc laws which are set to expire by the end of the year. The floor leaders of the ruling People Power Party and the main opposition Democratic Party agreed last week to hold a plenary session on Wednesday to vote on the bills. Revisions to the Labor Standards Act related to the extension of the 8-hour-per-week extra work system at small companies, as well as to the National Health Insurance Act guaranteeing state financial assistance for the health insurance system, are on the table. The issue of extending the safe trucking freight rate system, designed to encourage safe driving by guaranteeing minimum freight rates, will also be handled. Whether Yongsan District Office Head Pak Hee-young will be arrested over the deadly Itaewon crowd crush will likely be determined as early as Monday night. The Seoul Western District Court began a hearing for warrants requested for Pak and another senior Yongsan District official on Monday afternoon. Pak and Che Won-jun, a manager-level official handling residents' safety and addressing disasters, both face charges of professional negligence resulting in death in connection to the October 29th disaster which killed 158 people. A special police unit investigating the Itaewon crowd crush accused the Yongsan district chief of attempting to destroy evidence by replacing her phones. Two former senior police officers of Yongsan district, including former police station chief Lee im were detained in connection to the Itaewon incident. An Air Force KA-1 light attack aircraft crashed in Hwangsung County, Kangwon Province, Monday morning. According to the Air Force, the aircraft, registered at its Wonju base, crashed in a field in the county's Mukkeri at around 11.43 a.m. during a takeoff attempt. The two pilots managed to eject safely and were transported to a nearby hospital. No damage to the nearby residential area has yet to be reported. The latest incident comes just one month after an Air Force KF-16 jet crashed 20 kilometers west of Wonju on November 20th. The pilot managed to successfully eject in that incident as well. A North Korean hacker group was found to have attempted to hack some 900 South Korean experts on foreign affairs and security by impersonating legitimate organizations via email. According to the National Police Agency on Sunday, the group sent phishing emails in April under the names of reporters covering the Presidential Transition Committee as well as the name of a secretary of North Korean-born South Korean lawmaker Tae Young-ho in May. 
The group posed as the Korean National Diplomatic Academy when sending such emails to experts in October, with at least 892 targets receiving the scam emails. Police estimate that 49 recipients logged in to the phishing websites, most of whom were researchers at private organizations or college professors, but no intelligence on foreign affairs or security was leaked. Police believe the North Korean hacking group, known as Kim Suki, which led the 2014 hacking of the Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power Company, was behind the latest attempts. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 3.45 points, or 0.15% on Monday, closing the day at 2,317.14. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also rose, gaining 3.43 points, or 0.50%, to close the day at 694.68. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 6-1 against the dollar, ending the day at 1,274.81. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.